Where are you going to? Houston? Houston, yeah. Hmm. We tell uh, Cluster I said hi. Sure, yeah. I'll tell him to lay off the sweets. Yeah. It's a bad time to have the diabetes. Yeah. This is not like a good time. Yes. <laughs> no, no, it's never a good time, but I feel like this is the worst time. Yeah. He needs to stay at home, shelter in place. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. <laughs> I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Unbeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is April 26th, 2020, and this is episode 447. This show, we're going to discuss games one and two of the 95 Knicks Pacers Eastern Conference semifinal series, uh, dig into a mailbag and answer some undegoogleables. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Shout out to my wife this week. Uh, Today, we are celebrating our six-month-aversary. So, six months ago. We were all together in a small enclosed space, <laughs> shaking hands, you know, hugging each other. Sure. Uh, seems like a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. What's <laughs> the six-month gift? For me, it was uh, not, nothing. I did a bad job. <laughs> in, in 95 respirator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Traditional is time itself. You just yeah. give somebody mm-hmm. a pencil. I don't know. Mm. To go with that paper that comes with To go year. with that paper that they're getting <laughs> yeah. six months from now. I'm just preparing you, setting Spoiler. you up for that paper. <laughs> Spoiler. From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, wash your hands and uh, drink up. And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What's going on, fellas? So, you in your neck of the woods, it's a little the coronavirus is uh, retreating, right? Uh, in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're down to you know thirty cases a day or something. And okay. All right. I think we all right, like fifteen hundred total. I stopped keeping track of the numbers as closely. Yeah, after I did, we stopped I did getting a hundred cases a day, so right looks like freedom is winning out there. All right, um, <laughs> yeah. before we get into the show, just want to remind you you can support us uh, anytime you shop at Amazon. Uh, it doesn't cost anything extra, but if you click the link in the show notes or go to theunbeatables dot com slash Amazon, any shopping you do kicks a small percentage uh, uh, of your of your purchase back to us and help support what we do. All right, so we have gone back uh, and watched games one and two of the 95 Knicks-Pacers Eastern Conference semifinal series. Jason, uh, what do you got to say about this, this series? And let us know what we're looking at here. This is a, a different thing than we're than, different basketball than we watched today. Yeah, so 25 years ago, basically, uh, to the week almost uh, that we're covering this. Yeah, we, we're Jones and Hard for basketball. So, or at least I am. So I'm forcing you guys to rewatch the '95 <laughs> semis uh, with me. So to set the stage, 1995. Um, just so everybody out there in in Pacerland knows where we're coming from when we're talking about this, we were what sophomores in high school, I guess, in '95. Sounds um, about right. Yep. Number one song was uh, 
Don't go chasing waterfalls. I think. Oh sure, yeah, it was <laughs> from oh, TLC. TLC. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Big Papa no, had just did. come out. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. and Hootie and Blowfish rocking the. Oh yeah. Sure. The, like hold my hand. I think, si- at this point. Side mirror. What was the name of that? Cracked rear view. Cracked rear view. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it fondly. You got that year in the right realm. Yeah, Forrest yeah. Gump had won uh, Best Picture. Okay. So that's where we are, you know? Yeah. That's where we are as and, a people. And we're all, and we're what? 14? 15? Mm, yeah, something like that. Okay. 14, 15. Yeah. This is before no, no, the no, no, way, no. way to the Older World that. broke our souls. Oh, right? 16. Yeah. I answered, 15, 16. No. 15, yeah. 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Nice. Sure. Um, I, uh, was, uh, I was probably driving. Maybe. I probably had my license. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Oh, I definitely was because I drove uh, after this game. I hopped in the car immediately, uh, went over to uh, my girlfriend at the Times house uh, in game one. Everyone was standing in the lawn uh, and talking to each other, and we'll get to why because it's very dramatic. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, and so the, the Pacers were facing off against the Knicks uh, in, a, in a semifinal series. Um, these two teams had quite a history by that point uh, at all. So in... 1993, uh, the Pacers had made the playoffs for the, and it seems like it had probably been first time in a while or something like that. Uh, or maybe they had been making the yep. playoffs, but early first round exits. Yep. Uh, in 93, they had faced the Knicks and the Knicks swept us out of the playoffs. And that was sort of when the antagonism maybe began. Uh, the following year, the, the Pacers make this miracle run get to the Eastern Conference Finals and have this series against the Knicks that ends up going seven games uh, and the Pacers lose. Uh, Pacers were up in that series three to two uh, before dropping game six and seven uh, to the Knicks. Game six at home and game seven on the road. Um, so heartbreaking, really, for this. Uh, really, it was a Hoosiers-like story. Uh, and the Knicks overall had been sort of owning the Pacers. So... Um, in the 92-93 regular season, the Knicks won three out of four games. In the 94 season, they won all four matchups mm. uh, with the Pacers. And in the 95 season, coming into this playoff series, the Knicks had won three of of four. So to set the stage where these teams were, so, so uh, the Pacers won the Central Division that year, were 52-30, and 30, and a quote-unquote two-seed in the Eastern Conference. And I put that in quotes because the Knicks were uh, 55 and 27, but that was only good enough for second in the Atlantic division, what was the Atlantic division at the time. Uh, and that was quote unquote third seed, but they had a better record. So they have home court advantage in this mm. playoff series. That's why they have home court advantage. Uh, let's see other things you might need to know. Uh, both these teams were super good um, at defense. The, Knicks were the best team in the league as far as defensive rating goes. Uh, and the Pacers were sixth. The Pacers were a bit better offensively. They were eighth in offensive rating, um, 18th in point per game, uh, while the Knicks were a bit lower. And uh, as I'm sure we'll talk to uh, talk about when we get to these games, basketball is a bit different uh, in the mid-90s. Uh, the pace was... For the Pacers, the pace was they were at a 90 possessions per game, which was 25th in the league. Uh, and the Knicks were also at 91.2, which is 23rd in the league. Um, let's see. Key players uh, in this. Reggie Miller, of course, uh, made the all-star team that year. It was a third-team all-NBA that season. Uh, and Derek McKee was a second-team all-defense Along with a bit of trivia, current Pacers head coach, Nate McMillan. Mm. Uh, for the Knicks, uh, Patrick Ewing, obviously, is their superstar. He was an all-star, almost perennial all-star for them. Uh, Anthony Mason, uh, which I can't... Anytime I'm, I was watching these games, and every time I get the ball, I had that Beastie Boy lyric. You know, got my hair cut correct like Anthony Mason. <laughs> Every time he touched the ball. That's all I could think about. He, uh, he won Sixth Man of the Year. Sixth Man of the Year. Uh, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. That year, he, gets, yeah. he gets the award in game one, right? Uh, before game two. Before game two. Before, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, 
And this year, the the I don't know if this was the first year. I didn't look this up, but the the three point line, um, in an effort to increase scoring, because we're in the mid nineties, the Jordan rules are in full effect. Uh, defense is very physical, uh, and the the NBA decided to move the three point line in. So it was a, it was twenty two feet all the way around. So basically, everything was a corner three, which. As we know in today's NBA parlance, is the easiest three-point shot you can you can get because it's the closest, uh, and so people started making shooting more. Um, and in fact, John Starks this year, who plays for the Knicks, uh, was the first player to make over two hundred three-pointers in a season, uh, and he shot a paltry thirty-five point five percent from a twenty-two foot three-point range. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so. it's it's amazing to watch how little they take advantage of it, even though it's real close. Oh yeah, yeah. Three Wait, was so not he... more than two in the '90s for some reason. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and and lots of the offenses played even within the three point. Yeah, parameter. no, there's no spreading the court at all. Wait, so, how many did he hit in that? You said? Uh, I don't know the total, over but 200. he was the first one to make over two hundred. I think okay. he made slightly over two two. 15 or something like that. All right. So, so yeah, Steph, if the, if it means anything, Steph Curry in 2015-16 uh, had 402. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Made three-pointers. Oh, no, yeah. Two, 217 he had Okay. in 94-95. Uh, in yep. Okay, so that sets the stage. The Pacers in the first round had beat the Hawks. They swept, swept them. Swept them. Uh, 3-0. This was back when there were five-game first-round series. Uh, and the the Knicks uh, handily defeated the Cavaliers uh, three to one coming into this. So so the stage is set for this sort of rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals uh, to take place be- between these teams. Uh, and re- reflecting that you know momentousness, this game was on a Sunday afternoon, which is sort of prime time for the NBA uh, playoffs. Tom Hammond and Bill Walton on the call oh my for God. the NBA on NBC. We have some stuff to say about that. So great. Uh, yeah, and so we can get into game one. Game one uh, is, uh, by now, the, the, the Pacers know, uh, Pacers fans know, is the eight points in nine seconds game. Uh uh, Harper, you want to walk me through your uh, experience of this game in recap, rewatching? Um, I mean, mostly I, I just I was really bad at Mil- Bill Walton for like an hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> I really hate that guy. Yeah, it was a fun game. I also don't remember why the Knicks were so good. I look up and down their roster, and I'm like. Were they supposed to be this scared at Anthony Mason? I don't know. But lots of pick-and-roll basketball. Yeah. Lots of clogged lanes. Lots of post-ups. Yeah. Like, both teams go into the post. Lots of pushing in the back. Mm -hmm. Lots Lots of of flopping. Lots of fouls. Lots of flopping. Yeah. Yeah, There were 55 fouls in that first game, I think. Is that where we landed? 59 59 is where we landed. And nine techs. Yeah. And nine techs. Also, yep. texts were weird back then mm-hmm. because they were calling stuff, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's like dudes fighting in the low post, and somebody walks away with a tech. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It was clear that the referee... So so the, the game comes out, and I think it's pretty evenly matched, basically, the first half, and uh, very physical as these teams are wont to, to play. You know, the, the, the Knicks started uh, Derek Harper... Uh, John Starks, Charles Smith starts at small forward for them. Who's who lighting us up? <laughs> the A lighting miss. us, lighting us up, and is six foot ten and can barely move. <laughs> but uh, he didn't miss. I don't think this. And game. can't miss either. Right, Charles Oakley at uh, four, who was also lighting us up, and Patrick Ewing. So they basically start three centers and uh, and two guards around this. The Pacers have uh, uh, Rick Smiths. Uh, at center, Dale Davis, Derek McKee, Reggie Miller, and Mark Jackson. Yeah, is the, the starting, starting line. No answers. No answers to three centers. No, <laughs> none. 
Um, that, that is the thing. You you asked why, why the Knicks were so good. Like I really felt like in this first half, like the Knicks just blocked everything. Like you really had to get space. You had to move the ball, and you know if you didn't, you were getting blocked. They were really good defensively. You said they were number one in the league. You could see that. You could feel that in this game. Um, I mean, if some if some genius out there had had the kind of foresight to realize that if you stood a little farther away, you could shoot threes and win. I mean, we really could have stretched that floor out. Without a doubt. We did not do much of that. In fact, nope. Reggie... Uh, like, Let's run it. Three centers. See what happens. Reggie doesn't do much uh, in this game and somehow ends up with 31. Um, he gets to the free throw line, uh, you know, occasionally uh, just from flopping. Um, and, you know, occasionally actually getting beat up because it was a physical game. Um but doesn't have very many wide open looks. Uh, somehow ends up with 31. I was surprised that, that was his final number because it doesn't seem like he's scoring. You know, I mean, granted, he makes a lot of points in the last nine seconds. Yeah, he's <laughs> eight <laughs> points in nine seconds. Those but like, great. it felt more like an 18 point game. You know, mostly from the line. You know, and then you add the eight on top. You know, but somehow he gets 31. Got it going a little bit in the second half. Yeah. I yeah. think he had a couple. He had like several. Uh, you know, quick little layups were not flashy. You know, just kind of. Jump it in and go, you know. But this is a yeah. little bit more in the second game, but he does it in this game as well. I forgot uh, about Reggie's uh, low post game. I mean, because yeah. he is tall, like he does actually take you down the block and do that fadeaway. Um, and I, you know, watching this game, I remembered how often he did that. It was actually pretty impressive because he's you know he's six seven. He's got he's got height on people, um, and he just yeah. pushes off and fades away, sort of like the Jordan baseline, you know, in the post thing. Um, and it, it's fairly effective. So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, watching this game, what really uh, stood out to me was how much the Pacers offense ran through Rick Smits. Like, mm-hmm. basically, they, they start everything in the post with Smits, even though he's not very good passer out of the post. But in this game, he was, you know, unstoppable. On fire. Uh, he would 13-19 from the floor, had 34 points, and, of course, fouled out. <laughs> Even though he's doing a good job staying out of foul trouble, but in the first half he did a great job of getting uh, the next offensive line into foul trouble. Patrick Ewing sidelined early with three fouls, um, couldn't really get it going. Uh, and the Knicks, I would say that the Pacers were sort of in control in the first half, despite some sloppy play in the first quarter. Um, we're down five at half, right? Were we down at five at yep. half? Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm thinking the first quarter. Okay. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, so Byron Scott uh, hits a buzzer beater at the end of the first, and we're we're leading at the end of the first. Okay, um, that's what I'm thinking. But okay, uh, we um, actually the, my, my notes on the second half is that kudos to the New York fans because they start chanting "Let them play" because um, just ev- there's fouls called every trip down the floor, um, and uh, the Knicks burn. Um, a timeout on an inbounds pass and then throw it out of bounds, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I thought Nate McMillan would have been proud of that <laughs> sequence. Yeah. I mean, Smith was really dominant in this. I mean, this he is was. one of the best games of his <clears throat> career. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and we're not in a position to, to win this thing without him. Um, 34 points, right? I mean, well, but also, I mean, he just, he looks spry. I mean, he was showing, you know, post-spin moves. It wasn't just a bunch of oh, open, yeah. you know, 20-footers that he was canning out there. Right. I mean, he was, he was really dunking on people. Moves. He was and aggressive. going aggressive to the bucket, yeah. He yeah. was, like, trying to dunk from way too far away, even, and to draw fouls and stuff like that. Yeah. He was he was getting work done. I You know, I always thought that, uh, you know, his, his rivalry with Ewing is part of, you know... Um, he was always at his best with that. Like they were sort of fairly matched. It, they were like, as far as physically, they're both long, um, and um, not super athletic. Both really interested in post game and, and playing defense. And the, and both teams ran through their centers. And so those games really highlighted what Smiths did. And um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, through two f- games, Rick Smiths looks awesome, and Ewing looks worthless. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does not look good for sure. That is right. Yeah. So the other the other guy that you mentioned, you know, uh, I can't believe where you look at the Knicks lineup and you're like, what do they got? Anthony Mason? Like, I forgot how good he was. 
Like he, especially in this first game, I felt like he was. He's fine. <laughs> he's fine, but if you think about like him at that time, like he's a huge, ridiculous dude, but he can handle the ball in the open court. Uh, he has pretty good vision. Uh, can create plays. Super active. But he just does so many boneheaded things out there. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, actually, they mentioned, I don't know if it was this game or the second game, but uh, that he had gotten suspended from the team at some point for, like, conduct detrimental to the team or something, like, got into a fight in practice or something like that. Uh, you know, Luck Wednesday, just a Wednesday but was, for Mason. But was also so good that he was, like, sixth man of the year. So, like, yeah. yeah. Sure. It's and sort he's, of like, he's great uh, in game two. I feel like too. that's a classic yeah. thing in the 90s is those, like, mercurial dudes that are, like, Super hotheads, but so talented, you have to keep them on the floor. Uh, so let's get to the to the meat of this game, which is uh, it's sort of close in the second half. The Pacers, you know, come back, take the lead, oh, and lose it. No, we went um, up nine. You don't bury the yeah. lead here. Like we, we we were in control, right? So like we came out of the half like hard defensive rotations, like just really closing out on people. Uh, Smiths is going crazy. Uh, Mark Jassen gets um, some easy buckets. He gets Reggie open for some shots. Suddenly we're up nine. And we've got this thing. We're on cruise control in the third. Um, and then it starts falling apart. Uh, our bench did not look good. Byron Scott no. looks terrible in this game. Um, he looks small and he's getting pushed around. He can't hit a shot. Um, we got Anthony Davis. Gets, uh, <laughs> Anthony. Antonio Davis gets uh, kicked out for a double tech. Um, and things start slipping Which was away. Ridiculous. It was real ridiculous. <laughs> it was real ridiculous. Yeah. It was like some solid. Like I, I, I don't even know. They, they were fighting. They were hand fighting in the post. Yep, that's that's all they were doing. Yeah, but he he'd had a previous tech, so it wasn't a double tech on him, but it was a double tech called, uh, and he was that was the first one. Yeah, the second one was like an actual altercation of sorts, but yeah. like. Yeah, even so, that was garbage. Like, so he and Derek Harper, Harper fouled him hard, and then yeah. he re- retaliated basically. And they get in a little well, squabble. Yeah, he kind of pushed basket. him in the back, and then like yeah. Mason came in and probably did the most violence in the whole thing, and nothing yeah. happened. Mm. The entire Knicks sure. team shows up in, 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 in front of AD, and AD's like, yeah. "What?" Like, <laughs> I'm done talking trash about the current NBA tech policy. It, in relative terms, it is consistent, predictable, and a work of art. <laughs> did you did you guys see the one where Reggie's standing under the basket and John Stars come and just uh, sends him into the camera? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. was. I mean, I, I know Reggie will let himself go sometimes, but I mean, there was very clear uh, like lowering of shoulders and smashing of people. Totally. Sure. I mean, Reg definitely like sold the hell out of it. He loves to play it up. Like he's and he like started to go and then he saw the camera and was like, oh, I'm gonna jump right at that camera. It's gonna look great. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, and it did. <laughs> yeah. And there was one too. I can't remember who it was on Smiths. It was like it was either Oakley or Mason, but like they went down like they got hit by a battering ram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, dude, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there was plenty of it going two ways, and it's just like, ugh, it was it's, it's hard to watch sometimes. So, um, in the fourth quarter, uh, Ewing calls a timeout going out of bounds uh, for a possession. And then, again, the Knicks throw it out of bounds after the timeout. Right? So, this is twice they've done this game. And it's very important that, that you pay attention to this stuff because at the end of this game, they're out of timeouts. And that's yep. um, and that's part of the reason this thing happens the way it goes down. Um, they, so, basically, they're trying to save possessions on these falling out of bounds plays. Um, but then they turn it over coming out of it, so they lose possession anyway and waste the timeout, which happens to them yep. twice in this game. Yep. Um, yeah. But so, okay, so Pacers come out, out, of, out of the half, killing it, get up nine, but then the wheels kind of come off, and uh, going down into the final minutes, the, the Knicks kind of were pulling away. The, the Pacers had a hard time generating shots, uh, sort of couldn't convert anything, um, and the Knicks were in a position to milk this away. Well, can I can I tell you what Bill Walton said? Um, sure. We're down three. Call a timeout. Um, Walton says the Knicks are fully in control. Because, <laughs> because that's yeah. This is before they lost, right? <laughs> yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this yeah. is with like four minutes f- to go. 
That was the first of like a ten minute tirade from Walton about all about how badly the Pacers played in this game. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, and then immediately out of the timeout, uh, Reggie steals the ball from the Knicks. R- Smith hits a jumper. We're only down one. You know, it's like it's just it's just we're but the Knicks are definitely fully in control. Uh, Jackson, I thought, really kept us in this game in that fourth quarter. Uh, hit a couple big buckets, uh, some runners in the lane. You know, where he does that thing and he just kind of gets in in the crowd and does a flip shot, um, which was really important. And then Smith fouls out with a minute 40 left. Uh, and also, remember, there's no an- an- uh, Antonio Davis to back him up. Um, things are starting to look bad at that point. So. Is that when we got our Dwayne Farrell yeah. action? Uh, okay. No, Dwayne Farrell was, in the, was, in, the, yeah, was in the first half. Yeah, he was in the first half. I think we went with the we McKee at, at uh, power Four. forward. Yeah. Okay. And then, so and then you, McKee fouls out <laughs> as well. I guess that is true. Everybody fouled out of this game. So, so uh, Colson, since, since you didn't get to see this... Uh, the first time, because you gave up on the Pacers. Uh, do you want to <laughs> walk us through the... Uh... That's not true. No. So, it's funny, because I was remembering... Uh, so, uh, we're down two with 35 seconds to go. Um, so, the Knicks used their last time out with a minute 15. Um, they score, and we're down two with 35 seconds to go. Um, McKee fouls out on a Mason and one. Um, Greg Anthony gets the O board, which is just brutal. So, um, and then scores. We're down seven um, after that. So it's it's basically a it's a four point play, I guess. But uh, with twenty uh, five seconds remain, um, there's another timeout. And at this point, I was pretty upset. I was desperate, but I I still was holding out hope. Um, but with nineteen seconds remaining, we're down. We're still down seven. Uh, One oh five uh, ninety nine. Oh, that's six. Okay. Um, so. Uh, we call a timeout. At that point, I called uh, Emily Adams, my girlfriend at the time, and I said, we just lost. I'm coming over. Hung up. Uh, and and then after that, uh, Reggie hits back-to-back threes. Um, so he hits a three. Um, and then uh, the Knicks have no timeout, so they have to get the ball in. Uh, Greg Anthony falls over. Greg Anthony actually falls apart at the end of this game. He was looking yep. pretty good as a young player. I think it's his third year or whatever. Um, he looks all right uh, all game. He stepped in for Derek Harper as the veteran point guard. But he falls over at this point. Reggie steals the ball, takes a dribble, backs up behind the three-point line, hits another one. Happened so fast. Like, it was like, what the heck's happening? Sam Mitchell is so confused that Sam Mitchell, who's now playing for Derek McKee because Derek McKee has fouled out, fouls somebody because he thinks we're down. We're losing. Yep. 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 So even though it's a tie ball game, so he he fouls and sends John Starks to the line. Yep, who, which is a brilliant move. <laughs> yes, it turns out brilliant because he is in a daze or something. Like you could see it in his eyes that he was like, "What is going on? I don't understand what's going on." <laughs> he had been hit earlier in the game, so he had like a cut above his eye. Big old, so yeah, who knows if big he's old concussed? Band-aid. Yeah, yeah. He goes to the line, bricks two free throws. But again, the Pacers do not secure the rebound. Patrick Ewing gets the offensive rebound. <laughs> Patrick Ewing grabs the offensive rebound, is in the middle of the lane, perfect shot, does does a little fadeaway. He's like, oh, I'm going to knock this in, win us this game. Uh, bricks a four-footer. Like, I have no idea how he missed that shot. With no big guys on our team, because everybody's fouled out. That's right. And then somehow Reggie gets the rebound. Yeah. After that, mm-hmm. and Ant- was it Anthony Mason fouled him? Somebody yeah. fouled, or it was Anthony. I, I forget who fouled yeah, him. I'm not sure. Some some Nick like freaks out, even though it's still a tie ball game, and fouls Reggie Miller, and so then he <laughs> still, gets the still line a tie ball game. <laughs> uh, Reggie hits both free throws. Um, it's funny because we the feed we watched has. Um, the announcers like talking during commercials like we don't have to watch commercials and they spend like after the game trying to figure out what happened like because it just happened so quickly um and suddenly the pacers won and they give reggie the the post game interview because they were playing on give it to a you know a nick um and suddenly give it to reggie and he goes this is for you indiana i was like oh yeah yeah freaking love it also i i thought it was pretty impressive that he's just like 
John Starks choked. Yeah, uh, he did he just, just straight up just like, uh, who, uh, yeah, whoever inbounded the ball for before his second three, he's like, he choked. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody choked. Yeah, except me. Yeah, what do you really think, Reggie? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but yeah. it was such, and he it was was just such an immediate. He was talking so much oh, he was. shit to the crowd. Like, I'm surprised they didn't like blurkle his mouth. Like it was <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, might have given them a little bit of bulletin board material. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Oh, but man, he was just so jazzed. And like I said, I mean, you you think you're out of this game? I mean, you're down six with with uh, you know 18 seconds left, and it's just like, all right, this this game's over. And it it was not at all, so. Um, yeah, and then and then so you arrive at Emily Adams' house. Yeah. everybody's out in their lawns. No, so to no, no, no. Like, so I get in the I get in the car because I immediately get in the car to drive uh-huh. down there and like on the, and it's I don't know what is it, fifteen blocks to her house just down Central. It's, uh, and it's like a five minute ride. Seriously, everybody, everybody, every third house, there's people on their lawn talking to their neighbors. This is before the internet, people. I mean, the internet existed, but not the way it does now. <laughs> And people just did, didn't know what to do. They didn't know who to, they they had to go outside and talk to somebody because this is the most amazing thing that had ever happened. We were all convinced it was over, and then within seconds, you know, the Pacers had stolen Game One uh, against our greatest rival, and uh, you know, it was a, it was a, a freaking amazing, yeah. Because we had looked good in this game, you know, and so you sort of feel like you start to give yourself hope, you know, and then suddenly you're down uh, right at the end, and you're like, oh, this just is awful. Mm-hmm. And then boom, steal it from the grasp. The, the standard kick in the nuts that we as Pacer fans are used to. Exactly. Started to get used to, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then here, reversal of fortunes, and we win this game. Oh, amazing. Yeah. No, I just, I, it was funny because watching this game again, like I was reminded of, of those, of that emotional roller coaster. Like it's still kind of, um, it still plays out the same way. You're like, how, we were just up. How did we, how are we down? You know, um, just to, uh, you know this this you're looking at this heroic as you know as Harper you mentioned like probably um you know Smith's best game of all time um mm-hmm. and you're like okay if Smith has this kind of game we're going to win this and we're going to lose it and then suddenly Reggie pulls it out it's amazing okay couple couple last little notes before we go and then maybe we'll take a halftime and and deal with game 2 here. Okay, so first, Joey Crawford was a referee in this game because, of course, Joey Crawford course was a referee right. in this game. Uh, That's why I think, but I didn't remember that. Well. <laughs> but he was a super young Joey Crawford, like mm-hmm. with hair and uh, all that stuff. That was crazy. Um, and then, yeah, we were talking about the 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 telegast and. Were you, were you guys paying attention when Tom Heyman starts telling this random story about uh, Pat Riley when he was in college? Yeah. Like, like bought a Corvette or something like that, some fancy car, and, like, drove it to a party uh, and, like, showing off, and then the car got stolen or well, something like that. It was, like, at the, it was at the Derby. It was at the Derby. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he gave the keys to some guy, you know, the valet. He thought it was the valet, right? Right, right, right. That's what I was saying. But yeah, not a valet, just a dude he offered to steal his car from him. Dude took him up on it. <laughs> oh, that's uh, right, because he was this, at Kentucky. That's right. This is, uh, this is Pat Riley's uh, last year as the coach of the Knicks. I'd forgotten that. Um, very short stint as the Knicks head coach. I just think of him being there longer because he was part of this rivalry. Um, but yes. Yeah, what was it, three years? And this is the third? Yeah, the other note is his assistant coach, who ends up taking over for him, Jeff Van Gundy, there on the sideline, with with wild hair, just amazing, like, comb over. Just uh, own it, dude. Let it go. (laughs) (laughs) But looked, yeah, just super stressed out uh, the entire game. It was great. How he will always look for the rest of his career. Yep, exactly. Uh, which reminded me of my favorite Jeff Van Gundy, which it must have been a couple of years after this, the uh, infamous Heat Knicks series, when uh, they get into a brawl and Jeff Van Gundy's trying to break it up and he's just like oh, yeah. clinging on to <laughs> either Alonzo Mourning or Patrick Ewing's leg. Yeah, I think it was Alonzo Mourning. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Mourning, yeah, trying to get them out of there. Yeah. That was glorious. Classic. Like a ragdoll there, too. He's slightly smaller yeah. than those guys. Mm hmm. A little bit. Uh, 
All right, should we take a break and then come back yeah, and sure. do uh, game two? We got that. We got that W. Uh, yeah, let's take a break. We'll be back. Finished up game one, and it Reggie's eight points in nine seconds, and now we're ready to move on to game two. This game, less exciting. A little bit less exciting, but the yeah. the YouTube video that we uh, tweeted out and got to watch. This is my favorite part. Was that it was a it was the local broadcast. Oh, so much better. <laughs> Back on TT TTV four. With the with the full commercial breaks, <laughs> you get all the Marsh commercials. It was awesome. <laughs> um, I'd AutoZone. Like, so much AutoZone. I'd like to set this up the way that uh, Jerry Baker and uh, Clark Kellogg set it up. Uh, Jerry Baker is in the uh, Madison Square Garden, and he's talking about the energy in the building. And he said, "The electricity is on fire." <laughs> so I don't. I, it, it sounds either really good or maybe bad. I don't know. Definitely not good. <laughs> so sh- shout out Jerry Baker. <laughs> oh man, and like the graphics that they had were oh, amazing. Um, there was I don't know if you guys noticed this glitch, but throughout the game, mm. uh, when somebody would go to the free throw line. It, it was always they would change the name yep. it would be the correct name but the stat line would always say 63% field goal percent yearly stats 63% field goal like 64% free throw percentage 29.8 points per game for everybody hmm. Hmm. <laughs> nice. so so i don't know what that's from and i'm trying to figure out what that would be and my only theory is that maybe that was could that be rick smits in the playoffs no. Well, I mean, I yeah. I mean, I feel been. like he could have shot that much from the from the floor and free throw range. Not and that in many points. game two. No, no, no. But this is but this is every time anybody goes to the line, they show that. So maybe that's from previously during the playoffs. Is what I was thinking because I could not figure out what those are random I, numbers. He, he didn't 63 average twenty nine. He didn't average thirty yeah. points a game during these playoffs. Up to I felt point. like they were just they were just placeholder numbers. Yeah. But they're um, weird numbers. It's the like twenty nine point eight changed. points. <laughs> it's a pretty specific number. True. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh. It's a mystery. If if any Unbeatables listeners out there want to um, hunt that Easter egg down, figure out who <laughs> through uh, May 9th, May eighth in the playoffs that year had averaged. Six, I forget what the free throw percentage. Sixty eight percent. Sixty eight percent from the line. Sixty three percent from the floor. And twenty nine point eight points per game because it had me freaking out. I was watching the game and the first guy that they did it for was Derek McKee, and I was like, Derek McKee, <laughs> just blow it up. <laughs> and it, it was, it didn't even say playoffs; it said like year or whatever. Mm, and mm, so I like quite had the year for Google. him. Yeah. I was like, whoa, <laughs> he was really quiet in game one. Who's shooting sixty three percent from the floor for a season though? Right, like nobody. Like that's what's crazy. That's why I figured it had to be playoffs. Yeah, I think it was play. I think you're correct. It's just insane, though. If it was actual numbers, which it may just have been some graphic dude just typed in some things to hold. It's so great. But it was everybody that shot a free throw. (laughs) And it was both teams, too. Both teams. (laughs) 
Oh, dear. Good stuff. But okay, so this game, obviously, um, you know, the eight points in nine seconds had happened at the end of game one. Uh, Reggie immediately started trash talking uh, in the post-game interview and uh, apparently continued Did not for, stop. like, multiple days. Did not stop. Like, all of the national media was on this now, and he's calling them choke artists and all of this stuff. So the Madison Square Garden crowd is is amped as as jerry baker said the electricity was on fire it was definitely was <laughs> uh so so the pacers uh you know you had to expect a good shot from the knicks coming out in this game right and they brought and it they brought it but i thought that the pacers actually with withstood the initial barrage cr- quite well right sure. um uh, the score at the end of the first quarter uh was the Pacers were down by five, right? So manageable, um, yeah. Uh, numbers, right? Uh, a little bit of trouble taking care of the ball. We'll probably get to that a little bit more later. But uh, but again, Rick Smith's though not as dominant this game at all, but was doing a good job of forcing Patrick Ewing to play defense and picked up Tiki Tech fouls and Ewing goes to the bench. Uh, and then so that was sort of midway through the second yeah. quarter. Way too early um, for him. <laughs> yeah, way too early for him. And and Clark Kellogg on the broadcast, who, God, did I miss Clark Kellogg. Yeah, he's, he's so great. great. Yeah. Um, says, you know, okay, so it, I think the Pacers were down at that point, and he's like, all right, here's their chance, right? So if you're the Pacers, you want to be up by, I think they were down five at that time, but he was like, you want to be up by five or something like that going into half. Like, here's your chance. And the Pacers respond and played excellent basketball for maybe four or five minute stretch and we're actually up by nine up by nine at some point yeah and then the wheels just come off to end the quarter right uh and then it was it was tied at halftime uh we were up two two. we're up two pacers were it was 49 to 40 and we go into half 50 to 48 something like that right yeah so okay fine you know you've weathered the storm you know in in the the mecca in game two well yeah so the, the crowd is booing reggie miller every time he gets the ball ferociously they're they're for booing what? they're they're <laughs> for what they're also booing the refs they're again doing the chant let them play like they're, the, the crowd is wound up um and you're right the knicks came out and i thought gave him uh, gave us the best shot it, it, again there were moments in the last game where i saw them really good defensively especially early on they did the same thing here i thought they were Doubling, uh, they were throwing random flash doubles on us. Um, they were um, pushing in transition. They were getting all the rebounds. Um, I thought Jackson kept us in it early, um, mm-hmm. but everybody else looked like trash. Um, and then suddenly, um, you're right. We we just turned it around and we get we get right back. We're up nine, and then they just take it back in like I don't know what was that two minutes. Right at the Something end, like that. just give the whole it's, thing away. Why and is it's like Derek we had, Harper owning us? <clears throat> he was owning us. Derek Harper. Derek Harper was good. He was fine. He was not a perennial all star. He's not a superstar. Be nice well, if no, our he's young a, he's a savvy. Guard. And I, I thought, I thought, was. but it'd be nice if our young point guard was something to prove. Could have. Uh, Done a little more sure. to keep him. <laughs> yeah, keep Anthony, him in Anthony Mason, I thought, did a lot of work uh, in the in that game, where uh, especially in the second quarter, where he's just going to the line every time he touches the ball, you know. And I think he was seven of twelve from the line in the second quarter. Like that's how often he was going to the bat, you know, going to the line. So that really hurt us. Definitely stopped the momentum, and he kept them in the game, kept us from blowing it out. Well, and they, I mean, to their credit, they stepped up and started playing like the number one defensive team in the league. I mean, when they turn it on, they turn it on. And it was like, there were possessions where the Pacers like, well, foolishly, they would like throw it to Dale Davis in the post. It's like, what is Dale Davis going to do? Come on, even a thing. Come on, sweeping hook in the lane. He looked like. Okay, so he, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that was like the, the, uh. That's like when one uh, other jumper. That guy, that's Rodman, like when Josh Smith would like hit a three pointer, and you're like, "Great, good. I'm glad Josh Smith hit his first three pointer. <laughs> that means he's going to put up eight this game." Yeah. No. Um, um, so, uh, did you notice the lineup we were playing at the end of that quarter too? Like, we had no big guys in. I think we had. 
I think Sam Mitchell and uh, Derek McKee were our bigs. It was like, mm. uh, I don't know what the plan was there. I mean, I guess we were worried about foul trouble. Uh, they had gone sm- small because of foul trouble, and so we were trying to match up with them. Uh, and that's why Anthony Mason was just destroying us, because he was the biggest mm-hmm. guy on the floor. Um, but it did lead to, uh, that's part of the reason I thought that we got the lead. We were There was some good ball movement. Um, because we were small, we were actually shooting some wide open jumpers um, and, and getting some steals in transition D. And so like it worked in a spurt, but then we kept that going to the point where they just started beating up on us because they were bigger. And I'd wish that Maybe we'd done that for three minutes and then gone back to our bigs <laughs> because maybe we would have held that lead. So um, Larry Brown experimenting. I can't imagine we ran that lineup where Derek McKee's the center very often in the in the uh, season. Probably not. Probably not. But then, okay, going to halftime, you've you've weathered the storm really that you need to if you're if you're the Pacers and you're you're even up to at halftime. Um. Feel pretty good about yourself, but whatever. Aren't you? Feeling good, yeah. As a fan, I remember but, feeling good at the time. I actually do. totally, yeah. yeah. But whatever speech that Pat Riley gave those dudes in the locker room at halftime uh, for the Knicks definitely worked because yeah. they came out. Whichever and just, Reggie quote he showed his team, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> they put it on the Pacers. Uh, Pacers score a grand total of. 27 points in the second half. Put up 13 and 14 point quarters. We had two <laughs> field goals in the first seven minutes coming out of the half. And yeah. yes, they played well. We also seemingly just forgot some pretty basic basketball sort of stuff. Dribbling, passing. Passing. Lots of We turnovers. love passing to Don't the run other out team. Of bounds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, we just forgot. It, it, it was like we had a collective concussion. It was real weird out there. So the first two possessions out of the half, we turn the ball over twice, and Smith gets a, uh, his third foul. That's that's just coming out of the half. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then three minutes later, we're down three. So this is just, you know, or no, we're down five within three minutes. Uh, we turn the ball over again. And then the next possession, uh, Dale Davis and Smith both pick up their third and fourth um, foul um, in the same possession. It's just simultaneously. They, essentially, yeah. They got an offensive rebound and got the other foul. And it's like, what are you doing? This is awful. And this is like the first three minutes of the half. It was an utter disaster. Unravels and just never gets better. It just never, like, I kept no. being like, no. I, as a fan, because I, I don't remember, I remember that feeling of the first half and being like, oh my God, maybe we could sweep this team. Screw these guys. We're better than them. I don't. I think I must have blacked out as a child and don't remember yeah. this part. Um, I remember all of these games being close. I don't remember this, and this was. You just, don't remember Greg Kite? Greg Kite time? No. This was just a gut punch. A, a young Doug Christie playoff <laughs> <laughs> debut. Who, who, by the way, his box plus minus in this game, Doug Christie, negative ninety point two. Wow. How is that possible? I don't know. Wow. He played for two minutes, had a turnover, like a 70% usage rate, and nothing good happened for him. <laughs> he just held on to the ball the entire time. and we Pretty much. Yeah. Um, this is, yeah, I, all I have is unraveling, unbelievable. Uh, I can't believe this many turnovers are happening. Uh, bench is struggling. What is happening? These are my notes from the <laughs> second, third, second half of the third quarter to uh, midway through the fourth when I basically stopped watching. We had 33 turnovers. In this yeah. game, our turnover percentage turnovers. was thirty-one percent. So that is, effectively, is that a, a third of all our possessions ended with a turnover. <laughs> is that possible? As clearly as possible. Uh, yes. Seventy-three fouls. We were talking about how the the there were a ton of fouls in the previous game. There's seventy-three versus fifty-nine that previous game. Uh, the fifty-nine was a record, wasn't it? Uh. Well, if it was, it I, was... That's what I thought, yeah. And I'm counting 62. Yeah, I'm counting. This game. Oh, did I make up 73? But regardless, a crap ton of fouls. Like, yeah. Free throw attempts is what I've got here. Okay, that's why. There were 73 free, free throw attempts. That's not fouls. Yeah, the Knicks shot 40 free throws. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, crazy. That's... Yeah. Okay. But, I mean... 
Whatever. They earned it. I, I have rarely yeah. seen a professional team melt down in Completely. such an awesome melt. <laughs> Every To a man. They just, like, nobody had anything. The, the uh, team leader in this one, Dale Davis, with 13 points, 9 rebounds, um, shot 57%. Yeah. Basically, Showing everybody else just went to hide. strong, silent type in this one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. B- Baker and Kellogg were just like at a loss for words. They're just like, I, I don't, I don't know, Bake. You, you gotta, gotta do better than this. <laughs> Still a chance. Still a chance. They're just like trying to keep people engaged. Like, no, not gonna happen. No um, but you know the thing is, and and here's the nice part. Uh, doesn't matter. You you lose by one. You lose by twenty, which is what we ended up losing by, right? Over twenty. Um, 19. 19. Um, we we did what we came to do. You take uh, one on the road. Lose? You leave you leave the road trip one and oh, one. You mean MSG. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. right. So so even though this was a debacle, when you look at the series, you've got your one win. That's what you needed to do. And uh, there we go. Sure. <laughs> but as yeah. a team that not many people gave a chance to. and this couldn't you know, be good for the confidence. Probably not great for confidence heading home to just get, I mean, not just get demolished, but just like forget to play, how to play professional basketball for about 24 minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not, not a great look. I mean, it was bad. But gives uh, Larry Brown some, something to talk to them about. For a couple days, um, plenty of stuff for the film session. Uh, <laughs> a couple other things. Derek game, McKee had uh, seven turnovers. Just thought I'd put that out there. Seven turnovers on nine points. Uh, that's what happens when you let Derek McKee be your primary ball handler. <sighs> hey, you're a Derek McKee fan, but uh, he I looked am, bad not in this because of his ball handling. <laughs> I think a lot of those okay. were from when he was passing it from from out of bounds <laughs> for the inbounds plays. So we just turned it over every time we threw we tossed the ball to anybody. You know who Apparently didn't have any turnovers? Craig Kite, baby. <laughs> <laughs> in his minute of action, uh, he the only pacer without a turnover. Oh God. Um, uh, yeah. So do you think inbounds plays? That's a systemic. Uh, institutional problem that the Pacers just have. It's, it's, it's just like a, it's, 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 it's in our it doesn't matter who the coach is somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe it's something about the the yellow in the uniforms or something like that. It's like you are bound to make a bad pass. Hmm. Um, what did I have? Other notes on this. Oh, um, so in these two games, the the only the the yeah, you come away with it. You've got you stole your one game. Uh, the other way to look at it is that. We kind of dodged a bullet. We pulled that first game out of our ass. Yep. And then we got our asses handed to us in game two. And their best player really hadn't, hadn't played showed up that much at all. No. Like Ewing was in foul trouble in the first game, didn't play. Like you see that Ewing, you see Ewing in these first two games and you're like, how is this guy like an all star? How is this guy? I mean, he just what? doesn't, he does not look good at all. I will say the first five minutes of game two, I my notes were like, Ewing is unstoppable. Sure. And when he does that turnaround fadeaway, like, that Olajuwon move, like nobody can contest that. And right, but then Rick Smiths gets him in foul trouble every game. I mean, Rick freaking Smiths. True, but the refs were just calling. He he did it the other way too. He like he battled for post position, got Smiths and AD in trouble. Oh sure, you know, oh for sure. So, um, anyway, so so that was my other note. I'm just saying, this. suck at Ewing. That's all I'm saying. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah, yeah, agreed. A um, couple of Clark Kellogg awesome calls uh, early on in the game. You mentioned uh, Mark Jackson was doing his thing. There was one play he uh, dives into the lane, like makes a bucket, draws a foul, and he does the the Jackson the jiggle, jiggle Jackson you know, jiggle. the shoulder shake. And uh, Clark Kellogg uh, is on the replay, and he's doing the jiggle, and Kellogg goes, and the shoulders go to Jello. <laughs> that was his call. <laughs> And then there was amazing um, uh, play, which I actually remembered when it happened. I was like, oh, I remember this. There was like, uh, Pacers were down, but they were starting to D up. Uh, Hayward Workman uh, was in the game. He's going full court pressure on Greg Anthony, and he just like swipes it and then gets a layup. And uh, Clark Kellogg's like, the pilfer and the production Mm. on the replay. I was like, yeah, that's good. Pretty solid. That's good. We don't get that. No, he his voice is just so soothing. It just really was. I just loved having him, him uh, 
talk me to sleep during this game. (laughs) Take heart, Undebeatables fans. We shouldn't have made you watch that. But now that it's over, it gets much better from here. So my memory is that all these games are close. They get closer, right? These aren't all 20-game blowouts. No. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to some closer games as we go Well, plus, like, at least you got... To relive the local commercials. That's true. The I did enjoy Marsh, it. And we got to... Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Have, Don't I worry. Call the car X, <laughs> man. Yeah. There was, there was that whole thing about, like, the... Uh, what was that? Uh, there's, like, a phone number they're going to give you that's going to go through the internet. I, there was this whole thing I didn't quite understand. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was like, wow, this is a technology that no longer exists. Uh, the big movie they were promoting was uh, Keanu Reeves and Johnny Mnemonic. Mm. Solid, solid. Uh, and then throw into the hey, cut, tune in Tuesday nights Seinfeld and Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, Married with Children. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and the Hoosier Lottery. Friends and Married with Children. A lot of Hoosier Lottery. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the T Rex thing where the T Rex was having trouble doing the scratch off, and that's why they went extinct? Apparently, that's why they went extinct. Yeah. yeah. Very mm-hmm. clever. Shout out Hoosier Lottery, nineteen ninety five. All right, so the Pacers are tied one-to-one with the Knicks. Uh, this game was on a Tuesday, so Thursday, Pacers will play the Knicks. And then Saturday, Pacers will play the Knicks back at Market Square Arena. Right. Which I also will believe is, uh, is that uh, preliminaries for the for the race? That's something you got to do your time trials on that Saturday? Might be, might yeah, be. I believe so. So we will uh, tweet out the links for games three and four, which we'll cover on the next show. This is super fun. It was very nostalgic. I'm, I can't wait to see the rest of the series. Um, I, I remember the first game so like vividly, and I remember the last game so vividly in the series, but the, the middle of it is sort of like I really don't remember. And so watching it again has been fun. Um, looking forward to uh, game three back in uh, Market Square Arena. That's right. Haven't been back there in a while. It's been a minute. Been a minute. All right. Make sure to check the links that uh, we're going to post on social media for uh, the next games in the series. Uh, and make sure not to dig into your memories or look up uh, or you'll know how the series ended because it was 25 years ago. Um you can find us on Twitter. We are at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. The website, TheUndebeatables.com. Uh, if you can rate and review us wherever you're listening or uh, share an episode with uh, a Pacer fan in your life. Um, we got t-shirts for sale, too, on the website slash store. For a once and always coach, Bobby Sick Leonard, now in the Hall of Fame. Turn out the lights. The party's over. Also, I heard a rumor that uh, next show we're doing a mailbag, Joey. Is that right? Next show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were going to do it today, but we ran long, so we're going to push it back to next week, or next show. So uh, uh, we'll be back with that uh, next next time. Make sure to tune in. Mailbag. You're just trying to say nailed it, is all you're trying to say. (laughs) Nailed it. see 1995 what won best picture in 1995 let's uh you can look that up while we're starting the show forrest gump right i don't know making that up be fine are you trying to set the scene yeah exactly exactly uh fresh prince of bel-air was definitely on tv because they kept advertising it forrest gump you're correct we did on the google about it that's why i remember I only know things we've undergoogled. It's a short list. Hmm. Well, actually, it's getting yeah, longer. We're over a hundred undergoogles. Dang. Dang. Um, I have enough to get us through uh, next Easter. Oh my god! Oh, wait, you've got a year to like pre-programmed? Uh, no, I only have. Uh, I th- no, I don't have a year pre-programmed. I have through okay. August pre-programmed, but I also, okay. but I have since I when since we started the Ungoogles, I actually started like clipping out when they were, so save me some time. Yeah, and like so, <clears throat> so I know where they are and 
how to get okay. them, and it gets us through uh, next April. It's a, that's if we get if we get through to, to next April. Well, no, I mean, even if we, even if I mean, if if everybody gets coronavirus and dies, I can still have this pre-programmed. They'll come out. <laughs> just keep pro. It'll keep putting out. This is your legacy. That's right. Yeah. Of undegoogleables coming out until next Easter, no matter what. Great. Yeah. He's got a machine hooked up to a battery in the garage. So. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 